Hello and welcome to Philosophical Tendencies. We are two humble gentlemen trying our best to understand the universe one question at a time. I'm Tom. And I'm Mark. Hello, and this week we are going to try to answer the question, why does religion persist in all human societies? Uh, so I think just to outline what we mean by this is the idea that uh, today we have about 4,000 world religions, uh, which I was actually surprised at that number. I didn't quite realize it was that high, but we have 4,000 world religions. Um, and as most of us will know, religion is not a new thing. It's not a new phenomenon. It's been throughout every culture across the world for millennia. You go back thousands and thousands of years. Yes, they all look a little bit different. They're all kind of take their own different forms and so on. You have uh, polytheistic religions and so on, but they're always there. So our question today is, why does religion persist through all human societies? So, Mark, <laughs> where should we start? Where should we start? Well, I think, it, I mean, it obviously gives a certain amount of belonging, cultural belonging, uh, yeah. it binds us all together, gives us a shared thing that we uh, ascribe to. I mean, I'm always reminded of, one of the first jobs I had out of university, there was a, a woman who worked up in the office and she used to get very annoyed by the concept of halal food being sold in the UK. She goes, we're a Christian country, we're a Christian country. And I'm like, but you don't believe in God. You don't go to church. You're, you're not a religious person. So why? And she goes, yeah, but we are a Christian country. It's our culture. And I'm like, so it's not really even about the religion. It's about the culture. It gives us that combined thing of what, what what our shared morals are and defines them. And that, I suspect, is a, is a big reason for religion persisting, is that it, it provides that. And, you know, there's a lot of aspects of religion. I mean, one of the reasons it's theorised that a lot of religions from the Middle East do not eat pork is pork it's quite unclean. It tends to have tapeworms in it. If you don't keep it cool, it can mm. go off very quickly. So, yeah, the religion says, yeah, you shouldn't eat it. It's bad for you. It's, it's a bad meat. Well, yeah, it is actually because it, it, it can make you sick. And then that okay, so... system becomes a cultural thing of it's it's banned. It's not halal in, in your religion. You're not allowed to eat it. But actually, it's a health thing. It's there to make sure that you don't get sick and you don't die. And that's yeah. not an unreasonable reason to to follow that thing even though the actual reason has nothing to do with whether or not god's told you to eat it or not but actually it's just not very good for you and i think that's something uh, that you can look at across loads of different uh, cultures how things get interwoven and you kind of miss it, it's kind of hard to identify where religion ends and culture begins because you have you have all sorts of things like just if you take uh, you were talking there about uh, pigs and unclean and you can get all sorts of diseases and so on uh, you had the same thing we look at medieval england versus uh kind of asia at the same time there was a problem with clean water so you know you, there were dirty waters there were infections and so on what did we do here we brewed beer <laughs> because if you ferment it it gets uh, alcohol in it that will kill off bacteria and so on so that is how we kind of manage to get through you look over um towards <clears throat> the kind of uh, far east and they brewed tea so they boiled the water both of them um 
produce the same kind of outcome of keeping people healthier and alive <laughs> generally. And then again, we have uh, Christian religions, you know, water into wine and so on. Is that something that was brought about by this idea of, of, of brewing or fermenting? Who knows? I don't think, you know, there's, uh, there's not a recorded place where they went, yep, this is what we used to do. Now religion has absorbed it. But we do know uh, from history that, you know, there was lots of cultural things that were absorbed. Like you look at, if we just take Christianity, for example, um, you have a lot of Christianity is based on a lot of paganism. So yep. as as Christianity was kind of spreading a, a, across the world and across Europe, you know, it came to kind of our neck of the woods and there was all sorts of pay, <laughs> pagan rituals going on. You had spring festivals and so on. And so they all kind of got incorporated. Um, even, I'm sure you'll know about this, but even you look at things like Norse mythology and you've basically got the same story of, of Jesus Christ played out in Norse mythology uh in i can't quite remember the name now but there, there is there is a jesus character that basically comes back from the dead and uh yeah so so there's there's a lot of overlap and it's kind of these stories all start to come into intermingled i think with with culture so yeah i could see that being yeah. a, a good reason why they kind of they come together and who doesn't this is something i've noticed as a teacher um, sorry i will stop waffling in a minute but this is something i've noticed as a teacher stories are very powerful People much prefer learning through story. And I think there's a there's a lot of good things to be learned from a lot of religions if you listen to the stories. So it's a case of, you know, where where does it become where does it become a story to try and help people? And then it slowly evolves into this is a set rule, this is a religion, and then it builds and builds and builds. You know, we've we've seen it modern day with Scientology, like that was made up. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard made he made it up. <laughs> like he knows he made it up, and yet still people are following it because you know there's there's some pretty decent stories and lessons and so on, all kind of hidden within it. Yeah, when do fables and parables become doctrine, so to speak? You know, like there's mm. lots of as you say stories that have moral messages, and then they suddenly become the ten. Religious law. Major, they become religious law. And that sort of, yeah, fascinating uh, thing that does happen. I mean, yeah. No, I would I would agree. And I think we, as well, we, just we. whilst you're mentioning law, I think, you know, it can't, one of the big arguments is that, you know, religion goes hand in hand with, with power and hierarchy and kings and law. So, you know, if you've got, like, just look at some of the commandments, again, Christianity, some of the commandments thou shalt not kill because in a decent society that's going to work, you can't go around killing everyone. It just won't work. <laughs> thou shalt not steal. No. It's it, they're basically a lot of the kind of origins of the rule of law. They're, they're basic tenets that you need in order to have a civilized society that's going to work and generally work for people. And I think that's something that again, it's, you know, it's one thing to, for a king who is kind of, or some kind of ruler to say, here are my laws. But then people go, yes, yeah, so, you know, I'll do, I'll do what I want. <laughs> I'll kind of do what I want. But it's different to go, these are my laws told to me by God, and you'll be watched all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a very different kind of kind of law to have. And, and, and again, you know. And if you don't behave, then you'll go to the bad place or you'll come back as something horrible or whatever. I mean, death to a certain extent, I think, is a big part of this as well. 
we're all afraid of the of the of the great unknown about what happens when we are no longer here and religion gives a large amount of comfort i'm sure to a lot of people the idea that if they're good people they'll come they'll go to heaven or they'll get to come back as something cool like a like a, a family dog or a cat or an eagle or whatever and you know that is comforting i mean i i'm you know still reasonably are you sure, young. Are you sure not... you're referring that to buddhism uh, that's a couple of religions reincarnation, reincarnation but Buddhism, yeah, Buddhism's the one that I sort of obviously comes to mind. But I think Hinduism also has reincarnation, and a few, a few other religions. A lot of the Eastern religions have reincarnation. Western religions tend to go for some sort of divine location where you get to spend your time in with angels and God. And and I think you have to admit that's that's pretty nice. Like if, oh, if you've mucked up this yeah. life to think. Ah, it's okay. I'll get it right next time. That, well, I mean, that, I, that is a comforting thought. It is a very comforting thought. It is an absolutely comforting thought. And I mean, there's a reason why I think churches, practitioners, uh, you know, are full of uh, people of senior years, because as you co- begin to confront your own mortality, you want that comfort of that there is might be a, something after that it's not just mm. all over, and I, I mean, I get that. I, I, it's, it's hard to argue against people needing that sort of comfort. Um, so I think you know, death is a reason potentially why religion persists. Yeah, and I think it's, it, it, it's going back to why it's it, in all human societies. You know, it affects everyone, so it's a genuine concern for everyone. So you would expect that people would come up with ways of dealing with it. Um, yeah, so yeah. you know it would, that would you know it would make a heck of a lot of sense, um, that <clears throat> you know afterlifes and so on and reincarnation and second chances, um, are a part of most religions. It's not not part of all, to be fair, but it is it is part of of most. Yeah. Um, hmm. I mean, that's okay. so we'll put a tick next to death. Uh, that, that's a death, pretty big one. Death <laughs> is a, a big one. I do think that's a a big reason why. Um, religions do persist. I think. I think another one is we sort of touched on it a little bit with superstition. I mean, people are amazingly mm. superstitious. There are people who will wear the same socks every match day, every Saturday. They wear the same socks yeah. because otherwise their team won't win. People. My dad refuses to watch. My dad is Welsh, and he refuses to watch Welsh rugby games because when he watches them, Wales always lose. He has no control over whether or not Wales win or lose. They tend to lose these days, but he he won't watch them because he think he's become so superstitious about it. And I think there's that underlying superstition. I think we all are a little superstitious. There's all these things where we think, oh well. Well, it's interesting. There's a I think I think it's called selection bias, if I remember right, a psychological thing where you you do just pick out the things that kind of conform because we're we're built. Um, delving into evolution here but we're built to kind of pick up on patterns and sometimes we do recognize patterns you know as children we see we see ghosts in the window and we see you know we imagine things under the bed because we're identifying patterns um and so sometimes like your dad (laughs) selection bias you know he probably did see a few games where it didn't go right when he watched it and now he's just extrapolated that to the extreme that if all in all cases that must be done. And yeah, it doesn't, I think you're right. It, it wouldn't take much. You know, if I, if I was told to, for example, that I have to pray every day or bad things will happen, someone's put that idea in my head. 
and then a couple of bad things happen over a few days, I start to think, oh, maybe there's something to this. And you kind of your select, you know, your selection biasing all the other good things that have happened and all the days that have happened where that hasn't. So you kind of you're self reaffirming that what you think or what you believe is true. And you just keep going around in that cycle, kind of yeah. adding to it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think psychology kind of supports supports the idea that, you know, religion, we have these self. And, and again, it, it doesn't even need to um, necessarily um, kind of make a lot of sense. It's just someone has to plant an idea in your head. You know, if someone says, oh, be careful, people always trip on that chair. Like, all it would take is one person, one time to trip. You know, it might be three years down the line, someone trips and oh, told you about that chair. Mm. You know, <laughs> you know the laws of probability, it was bound to happen at some point. So, but it's just these reaffirming, reaffirming things. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Psychology, tick. <laughs> Psychology. <laughs> it kind of works. It works. It does work. Um, I think that's that's another thing with psychology. I wanted to bring this up actually, um, and kind of uh, evolution as well. Uh, like one of the things Richard Dawkins talks about in one of his books is is memes, but not memes in the normal sense. Uh, that we've kind of been warped into now, but memes in terms of ideas that perpetuate throughout kind of human society. So an idea gets passed along almost word of mouth and it kind of perpetuates and it keeps going. And he talks a little bit about the evolution of memes and this idea. So memes is, I don't like the word meme because it's got other meanings these days, but, you know, ideas that perpetuate and religion is definitely one of those things, these ideas that perpetuate for a long time. Um, and he talks about it and I thought it was really good in terms of, Think of it like evolution. So if you imagine, if there's an idea, so here we go, let me give you an example. So if I said, let's go with the spaghetti monster in the sky, <laughs> the classic spaghetti monster. So if I said, there's a spaghetti monster in the sky to someone or a few people, and I walked around telling people, that wouldn't take off as a religion because there's it would they just look at me and think, yeah, whatever. Now, but if I said, there's if I was in charge, let's just say I was, you know, running the country, and I said, there's a spaghetti monster in the sky, and anyone who doesn't believe in that spaghetti monster and do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to behead you. <laughs> um, what would happen is very quickly, either, well, either I'd be overthrown, <laughs> which, you know, is very, very likely, or people would start to get in line and would start to go, yes, because anyone who rebelled against it ends up being killed by some kind of, you know, horrible dictator, and myself in this scenario, it seems, and then... <laughs> Anyway, yeah. And then, you know, then they kind of, even if they don't believe it, but they just go, oh, just whatever, you know, just tell him, yeah, sure, spaghetti monster, fine, whatever. And then their children are born. They're brought up with this idea of spaghetti monster all the way through their life. And then they genuinely are believing it because they're always kind of fed it from left, right and center. And then it gets to the point where, you know, the spaghetti monster religion is born and it's self-perpetuating because it's too difficult to break out of it. Just in the same, it's, it's, it's kind of like evolution in many ways that, you know, anything that doesn't stick to a certain kind of way of living dies and can't reproduce. So the idea of religion, and if you look at a lot of, the, you know, the huge religions, just, just look at, you know, the, the the issues in the Middle East and, you know, going back and uh, again, looking at the Spanish Inquisition and things like that, you know, they were brutal. They, they, you know, in some place in the world, it still is. You know, it's, oh, yeah. they are, you're not allowed to not believe so, you know, there's there's your religion persisting in human societies because it's a 
It's an excellent way to control people. It's a great way to keep populations in line. Yeah. Um, I can just hear religious people now just... (laughs) Yeah, um, uh, saying hating me, Tom. What are you saying? This is terrible. Not all religions are like that. If if, and to be fair, probably not all are. Many are, especially many very very big ones. And I think anyone who's 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 sitting at home going, no, you're you're crazy. You're just a you know what you're on about. Do some homework. Look at the history of whatever you believe in, because you know most. We 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 need to be a bit careful what we're talking about here, but like most religions have have a lot of death in their past, and a lot of them, a big part of it is propagating the continuation of the religion. You know, yeah, Catholicism does preach the fact that Catholicism is the only correct Christianity. All other Christians go to hell. If you actually look at it, that that is, and I've mm. met Catholics who are like, no, no. If you don't, if you're a Protestant, you're going to hell because you're doing the wrong religion. And I think the Mormons think the same, and probably Lutherians and all of them. They, there is a lot of this sort of like you. Ours is the one true religion. Everyone else is wrong. We're right, and that's a big, that is a big thing in religion. Uh, it's not really why it persists potentially. I mean, it's why it it gets some of them get very big and very controlling. But I think well, why do they actually? I think on like if you go if we go back even just you know a couple of hundred years we don't even need to go back that far, and we we were relatively isolated as people you know villages tended to stick to villages or towns to towns, so this idea that you know everyone you knew literally everyone you knew believed in this thing, the idea of knowing about other things even other religions or other ways of thinking, is so alien that. You just well, wouldn't I... ever even consider it. Like, of course, this is the way. It's always been the way. So, like, you know, nowadays we we've got a full kind of knowledge. We've got the internet. We can find about any religion we want. But back then, there was just you. You know, if you met someone of a different religion, you would think, "Oh, heathen. This is someone mm-hmm. who's you know bound for damnation." And if you didn't have any, I mean, I'm sort of my my, my great grandfather was, uh, and this is in sort of early late. 19th century early 20th century belgium very mm-hmm. catholic country at the mm-hmm. time he was an atheist quite a staunch atheist he did not like the the, the church at all uh, we don't really know why we suspect he probably had some run-ins with priests and he, he really didn't like it and he had to still go to church he had to go to church because otherwise his business would fail that was it he was as simple as that he went to church because otherwise he wouldn't be able to 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 do his business he he owned a uh a spares thing for cars and carts and things like that so that's what he did that was his um thing and he would go to church because otherwise he would be shunned by society and that's also a pretty big driver to stick around is that if if you don't you might the 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 society as a general will shun you and that's that's also a very strong controlling influence peer pressure I suppose. Yeah, I, th- I suppose that's the the slightly less extreme version of if you don't believe, you'll be beheaded or crucified or burnt. Yes. Or, yeah, that's the slightly more civilized way yeah. of of going well, about it, putting applying pressure. I suppose. I mean, I thought I thought it was interesting. We, we you said earlier about kings and you yeah. know controlled by kings. I mean, we've got to remember that most kings queens are put there by the divine right of God. Technically, 
even our royal family, as much as they're a constitutional monarch and all the rest of it, and it's all a little bit, well, they're the head of the church, and they're there because God has to find that they are, it's their divine right to rule. And so, yeah, like, again, religion is very powerful as a control mechanism to justify rule and, you know, who's in charge, who, who, if, if, if you're wealthy and powerful, well, you must be there because God has said you are a good person. And, and there's a, there's a lot of that that sort of goes around. If you, if you're, if you're struggling, if you, if you're poor, oh, you must, it must be God punishing you. It must be, you're being punished for being sinful in some way. Yeah, and, that, uh, that is one thing I was going to bring up as well. The idea that of really bad things in life that just, you know, potentially just are horrible with no meaning, you know, accidents that happen, people born with all sorts of disabilities, if you can justify it, it's hope. There's some hope there that there's going to be a reward. There's a reason for it. And there's yeah. some element, again, element of control. Like if if I'm good, good things will happen. If I follow this, it will be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's I think it's it's Pascal's wager as well. You mm-hmm. know, is there any is there any cost to believing? You know, you might as well believe. It doesn't really cost you anything just to believe. And if you're wrong, you don't lose anything. But if you're right and there is a God, and then then you get to go to heaven or whatever your personal beliefs are about. It is 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 there any is there any disadvantage to believing, except for the fact that you have to lose every Sunday going to church, which I mean, to my mind, is a pretty big cost. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is interesting that you said about Pascal's wage because I, I was talking to my wife earlier about this and. And it came up and we mentioned, <clears throat> I think she mentioned that. I said, well, it's, it is interesting that people say, oh, you know, it's better to believe you're kind of hedging your bets. It, you might as yeah. well. But I said, well, with, you know, 4,000 world religions, if you're hedging your bets with one God, I mean, I'm just thinking here, if if you're in a religion that is, has a particularly vengeful God and, and many of them, you, there seems to be damnation un, unless you believe in that right religion. Mm. Well, Surely God would be angrier believing in a different God than in just no God at all. Because <laughs> uh, you yeah, really are worshipping. Sorry? You know, you breach one of the commandments, thou shalt not uh, bear witness to false idols or whatever it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, like which but how do you know just, just because of the coincidence? Right, we're not we're not gonna get too much into which religion, but you know, the, I think we can probably both agree that why does religion persist? I think an argument a lot of people would say is because it's true, it's the truth, it's the word of God. And I don't think that's the reason it persists, because just logically, there'd have to be... Well, it could could be true. It could be there are 4,000-odd gods, and they're all, you know, quite quite inward thinking they all like to keep themselves to themselves and they're all kind of battling each other maybe that's the case but there's no there doesn't seem to be any narrative of 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 kind of selfish gods interacting um i mean you you had that with like norse and and greek gods and roman gods and so on that and that was you know that literally was lots of gods all interacting but but that was but kind then, of a different time and different there were different times and those gods are also a lot less godly you know, you look at the Greek religions mm. and then stuff, they're like, Zeus is basically going around and having sex with whatever he wants. And they're all, they're all, they're quite, it's a lot more um, soap opera than, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. So also 
gods were a little bit more fallible whereas you know now we mm. you know when you see gods god is perfect and and almighty and all-knowing and all the rest of it and then so yeah I, I again and that goes back to story like uh romans and greeks part of the religion was also the stories and the mythology and all of this sort of stuff and mm. you know these historical events were because of gods having a fight over this and that caused this and then the, the, us mere mortals got involved in some way and it's all a bit more dairy do than uh yeah i think and i, I think do i do love them. i do love how flawed all those old gods were um, sure I, th- I guess that's why you know things like marvel take them on because they're just they're just so interesting in terms of they are, they their are. flawed their flawed persona and, and i used to the... love reading about greek myths and romans and but norse myth as well it was all great mm. it's so interesting and you know maybe and maybe they were right maybe we should all just be worshiping zeus <laughs> maybe maybe okay so let's get ourselves back on track because we, we we've delved we've gone off topic a bit here i feel uh so why does religion persist in all human societies do you think we've got anything else because i'm just looking across at what i've got here and i don't think i can think of anything else that any other reasons why it would persist the, the yeah. only other thing i've got is language even oh, even as somebody who's who's not religious hmm. you still use religious stuff you go oh jesus christ dog God Almighty! You just—it's—it's—it's it's ingrained in us. Mm. Our language. We use religious uh, iconography. You know, mm. oh, but by the grace of God, there goes I. Oh, you know, oh. and you may not even believe in God, but you still will say these things. It's so ingrained. Again, that kind of comes back to culture. But language mm. is—you know—you just—you just. Oh Jesus! You just say it. You it, it it's so ingrained within us, and then it, that means that there's always that continual part of our culture. Yeah, you've where almost got this it. constant reminder and perpetuation yeah. just through language as well. Yeah, I never really yeah. considered that, but yeah, you're right. You know, the n- number of times people say, "Oh, I'm doing so and so for my sins." Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, I never really considered that, but yeah, I suppose there is an awful lot of language that we we've just taken in and again it's culture this is something actually i'm I'm, i didn't quite realize how much we were going to mention culture it's kind of everything is ingrained with religion isn't it Mm. there's so much in there and you can't it's really hard to separate the religion from the culture and even if someone says oh i'm an atheist like you say they they still use the language you know they'll still be probably aware of of all the stories they'll they'll use a deity's name regularly no doubt yeah, it's interesting. So you know, even if they don't believe, they're perpetuating all the time the this this idea of of religion that it's that it's something real. Yeah, that yeah. there's something to it. Hmm. Okay, right, interesting. So, are we any more points, or should we sum up? I feel like we've reached a kind of. I a think we've reached a natural conclusion. I don't think there's anything that I haven't yeah. mentioned. No, so I think my takeaway from this is that it's one of these things, I imagine it was something that kind of came about in terms of control, sensible kind of laws, like you say, about uh, eating the right things, drinking the right things, doing things right, having a society that can actually operate and work. I suspect that there comes a point in all societies that get large where that happens, and you need something to try and bolster you know, the perpetuation of this, partly because of the unknown, 
we, we, we don't like to not know things. And when we don't know things, if somewhat, you know, if we've learned anything from politicians, you can say whatever you want. If you're confident, people will buy it. <laughs> They'll buy into it. So, you know, I suspect at some point there was, and it would only need to happen once because once it starts, if, you know, the you get into an awful lot of trouble, either societal pressures for not following the rule of religion or the rule of law or the intermingling of whatever the case may be, then, you know, you, you could potentially be ostracized, die, whatever. And I think it just, it will end up persisting. Um, do you think that's a pretty fair summary or? I think that's a very fair summary. Yeah. Fair enough. I think it, it, it it's a cultural thing. There's superstition aspects to it. Uh, belonging. I think it, it you know, we, all the things we've mentioned, I think it, it really, it, it's, it's a quite an integral part of what keeps the, it's the glue that keeps society together to a certain extent. And I think that there's a question that I've got to really ask. Do you think we'll have religion forever? Do you think next, fast forward 300 years, assuming going back to a previous podcast that we're not going to destroy ourselves, uh, do you think we'll still see world religion or uh, well, religions all around the world, different societies? Yeah, I think we probably will. I think, I think you know, maybe, maybe we'll go back to being sun worshippers. You know, we'll go star <laughs> worshippers. You know, all of the atoms in our bodies were made from stars. Then they die. They give those atoms and they allow, you know, things to happen that forms us as beings, you know, like in it's, some ways, almost... worship, it's a religious astuty just to the, the simple physics of uh, chemistry. I mean, really, there's, a, there's quite a there's quite a poetic uh, bit of poeticness in that that we started off as kind of cavemen, some worshippers, and you know yeah. through our science and our <laughs> our progress, we basically go back uh, to, to being, being some worshippers. Some worshippers. You know, the, 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 you know, the sun gives us everything that we need. It gives us light and heat and food and everything. It all comes at the end of the day from the sun. Why mm. should we not be sun worshippers? We might just go back to being just sun worshippers. That's well, the simplest religion of all. Well, you've convinced me. Circle. You've convinced yeah. me. I'll, I'll be throwing myself to the ground tomorrow morning. <laughs> to, to give thanks. The sun. Unfortunately, you know, we live in the UK and uh, we don't really see the sun for large parts oh, yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. There, I think, well, there we have it, don't we? So, why does yep. religion persist? A bounty of reasons, many A cultural and lots of intermingling going on there. Um, right, I think we've we've got, got to the end. Uh, th there is one thing I'm going to say. I've written it down here: monarchy versus religion. I want to see if there's a correlation between like staunch monarchists and religion to see if you know if faith goes in hand in hand. Uh, because you, you just when you mentioned it before, and I just thought you know what, it's, it's one of these things. I'm going to go away. Maybe I'll find out for next time. Um, is there a, is there some correlation, or has anyone done a study on you know how how religious you are versus how much of a monarchist you are? Um, because kind of what you were saying before almost made me think, hmm, I wonder if there is, you know, maybe there is a maybe. connection there. Anyway, anyway. That's for another time. So, do you want to sign us off? Yep. So this has been Philosophical Sentences, where two humble gentlemen try their best to understand the universe one question at a time. I've been Mark. And I've been Tom. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>